Welcome to Textile Update, the podcast where we can share our passion for textiles, fibers, and yarns. This is Gwendolyn Hustvedt. This last episode focusing on knits looks at the second subcategory of weft knits, which are the double knits, as well as the warp knits, uh, specifically trico and rascal knitting. I ended the last episode looking at weft knits, which without actually talking about the whole second category of weft knitting, which are the double knits. And I did that partly because I wanted to keep the episodes balanced and I knew I didn't have that much to say about the warp knits. Just want to kind of introduce a couple of them and tell you about their properties. Double knitting is something that can actually be done using hand knitting. Um, It basically would be done similarly to jacquard knitting, where you had two different colors that you were using, only instead of having them occasionally be, uh, you know, each color be occasionally knit into the single fabric, each loop, the every other loop, you would just be knitting with one yarn, and then the next loop you would be knitting with the next yarn. So you would end up building two entirely separate pieces of fabric. And for example, if you knit the one stitch forward and the other stitch backward, you would actually end up with fabric that had whales on both sides. So we obviously had to build some machines that could do this as well. Uh, that now the there are two types and they're mainly they're mainly different in the sense of how the machines work. They both still have whales on both sides, but the type we call double knit, the stitches and loops are not aligned. They're made the way I just described. First you knit one loop with one color, then you knit the other loop facing the opposite direction using a totally different yarn. And so the two fabrics are connected in the sense that the the um, the courses are intimately um, interlooped with each other, right? But you see whales on both sides. The advantage of this is that you can occasionally switch colors, kind of like the double uh, weave fabric where you just reversed which uh, set of yarns was in which warp. And you end up with a fabric where you can have jacquard design of some sort on both sides. Uh, Like a metlisse, because you're just flipping the order of where you're using the two yarns, very often what you end up with is just this reversible mirror image. Although you could do something where you had additional yarns that were just sort of floating or hiding inside the fabric and brought forward as well. So you could actually have two totally different patterns on each side of the fabric. So jacquard double knits have whales on both sides and a pattern on both sides that are separately planned. Now this is to compare it with the interlock knit. The interlock knit, which you might see bragging about like interlock uh, t-shirts, they are much lighter weight than the double knit and our finer gauge and that's because we actually knit both of the stitches right next to each other not alternately and so we can we can make them thinner because we have uh, uh, less um, uh, fuss going on between them right so uh, these finer gauge materials use much lighter weight yarns and are specifically used for products where we really don't want a curl Of course, the other thing that double knits are very popular for are for using in fabrics that we want to cut and tailor in the same way that we would a woven fabric. 
So let's travel back in time to the 70s and think about our disco suit. We want to be able to wear a suit to the disco. And right over there on a clothing rack uh, in, in um, my studio here, I have a double knit uh, vest and bell-bottom pants that would have been worn by somebody. And the pants are knit and they have a jacquard design on them. And they were tailored just like a pair of woven pants would have been tailored. So we can do uh, flat felt seams, we can have rivets, we can make them really structured because the double knit is very sturdy has a bit of stretch, but not nearly as much stretch as a single knit. More stretch than a woven, so you can hit the disco floor and, you know, whip your jacket off and throw it over your head and have your vest on underneath so you've got your three-piece leisure suit on, but you're able to really move and groove and, uh, you know, um, do the hustle uh, with your suit on because uh, it's been made with this double knit fabric. So the double knit is stronger, has more dimensional stability, is more snag and ravel resistant than the single knits. Um, for example, a jersey single knit will be much more uh, extensible, stretchier than a double knit. It will wrinkle less and be a bit more absorbent because it's got like more air to fabric ratio there. So Put on a t-shirt and then put on your double knit suit and hit the dance floor and boogie down now. That I just um, tacked on to this particular podcast episode where we are more focusing on warp knits because uh, I um, uh, knew that I wanted to have enough to make one whole episode here. Warp knits. Uh, the machines that make warp knits are not the sorts of machines that I have in my studio. These machines are much more complex. They are the fastest yarn to cloth construction method that we have. They were designed by engineers at, uh, you know, textile universities in order to produce knits in a very quick way. They build the loops in a, a sort of a diagonal direction. So if I were looking at a diagram of weft knits, I can see loops that are built on top of each other. Whereas if I look at a diagram of a warp knit, I see a loop that in row one is in um, the, is on the far right, and then in row two is um, one stitch over, and then in row three is skips and is two stitches over, and then in row four comes back one stitch, and then in row five comes all the way back to the beginning. So in fact, they are being built kind of in this sideways direction, right, where each stitch is not looped on top of the stitch above. The benefit of this, if one of the loop breaks, right, then there are all kinds of other uh, yarns around that are there to keep it from dropping. So these do not ravel or run. They are very dimensionally stable and they are used for end uses where we want some of the properties of knits, but we really want to know that we're not gonna have to deal with too much stretch or uh, too much unraveling. And the big example, something that we don't really think of as being important coming in the 50s, but really was, is the girdle. So uh, here we want to uh, create foundation garments that support the body in a very particular shape, right? And uh, so they're used as the kind of the foundation of your uh, appearance, but we want these um, fabrics to be as sturdy and strong, e potentially even stronger than a woven fabric. 
So the very first kind of work knit that is uh, that I'll talk about is called Trico. This is just your plain regular warp knit, but uh, if you have a brassiere or a pair of um, panties or a girdle or a slip or some other type of undergarment that is made from nylon typically because it has a bit of absorbency, this will be a Trico knit. And you can identify a Trico versus a jersey because the uh, whales on the one side won't be stacks of V's on top of each other. There's a wiggle. This is how I like to remember, the wiggle in the warp. So the, the um, loops are kind of on top of each other, but they're each sort of facing the a uh, little bit tilted direction. So kind of back and forth, right? So it's definitely not stacks of V's. And on the back, there are no scallops of courses. It looks kind of like chicken tracks on the back. And that's how you know that you're looking at a Trico. If you have a swatch kit, definitely pull out one of those Trico swatches and take a look. They stretch only in the crosswise direction. So again, great for something like a girdle or a Spanx, right? Where you want to keep all of the, all of the, whatever it is you packed in there, you want to keep it in. And so it has just enough stretch so that you can sit down, right? But uh, not so much that you end up sagging by the end of the day. Uh, they're very often made with filament yarn so that they're very shiny and look a lot like um, satin. Uh, so you can obviously, uh, uh, you know, make them with uh, any appearance you want. Uh, and, and actually variation is where we use the um, coarse side as the face because uh, it's even smoother. And so uh, we call that satin trico. We could have an uh, extra filament yarn that was inserted, right, um, uh, to form a float, and then we break it and create a pile, kind of like a sweatshirt. So that's called a brushed trico. Now, the other thing that we use warp knitting for is to knit lace. Uh, and this is called rascal knitting. This definitely depends on inserting extra yarns. So these extra yarns are inserted following a certain pattern. These extra yarns are included or not included. Again, kind of that one zero design idea. And because we're not just going back and forth in lines, we can make large curvilinear shapes that look like lace. It's really hard to see like which is the whale and which is the course. There's a whole variety of patterns. Uh, sometimes we'll be mixing spun or textured filament yarns. We can make things that look like crochet. Uh, we can make, um, you know, uh, tablecloths. So almost anything that's that's looks like lace that you've purchased, even lace ribbon, is actually um, uh, rascal knitted. And R A S C H E L, like not like Rachel, only rascal. And the rascal knitting, that's mainly what I think you should know in order to sound smart. Oh, well, yeah, that's rascal knitted. So, just as a large summing up, right, we have our uh, uh, warp knits that are built in this kind of uh, vertical direction, not exactly straight up vertical, but somewhat vertical. Uh, so that the machine isn't going um, all the way across the fabric and then all the way back. It's kind of moving in an up direction. And you can identify it because there's a wiggle in the whale and uh, the courses look like chicken tracks. That is pretty much all I'm going to say about knits. Uh, there's obviously so much more. It's a whole amazing world that can be explored 
but we know just enough now to understand kind of, you know, why knits perform the way they do. 